Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tully, and joining me today, as always, is one of my co-hosts, Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today? I am doing quite well on, you know, what is this, day 50 of the apocalypse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there'd be more zombies than this by now. I don't know, I just... I know, all this ammunition I bought is just going to waste. I know, right? Um, Ray is not on. He is on a uh, scavenger mission for the Rebellion. So, um, yeah, he is not going to be joining us, but he will be with us next week. Uh, So, look forward to having him back on the show. And today is going to be a little bit different of an episode. don't necessarily have anything necessarily planned for tonight. Uh, so we're just going to be kind of winging it and just kind of talking Star Wars in general. And some a few news articles that have come out, and we're just going to kind of talk about those. And first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, there's a little article in... Uh, Cannot remember where I saw it at. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Um, it basically was talking about the idea of that the emperor might still be able to return in a um, yes. Uh, Rise of Skywalker book leaves door open for potential Palpatine return. So this could not be um, Rise of Skywalker may not be the end of Sidious. Um, let me <laughs> s- <laughs> so the 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 part of the book is this: General Leia thought they destroyed the Emperor at the Battle of Endor. Poe said, but he came back more powerful than ever. You think he might come back again? Pen- Finn said, maybe, or some e- evil will rise. Evil always rises. Nah, said Finn, not for a long time anyway. So, that right there, people are kind of considering the idea that because of the cloning technology and because of other things, um, that we could see a return of uh, Uncle Palps to the Star Wars universe. Uh, Because if you remember, they didn't necessarily destroy any of the cloning facility. When yes, so there is always that chance that the Senate might return. Feel his power. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting idea, but do you think there's also the idea that people might look at like, oh, it's the Emperor again? You know, get let's get new villains or. That they might view using Emperor as kind of a, a crutch villain, like, you know. Very easily a crutch. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I would lo- rather see uh, Maul come back as, as the next mm. big dark baddie mm. if they do a future. Well. Future force using baddie. That would be kind of. Because. Maul is, as far as we know, Maul is dead dead, because he was killing rebels. Yeah, um, but we thought he was dead dead. And this one, yeah, everything... So one. Yeah. 
But in this one, you know, it's the way the way they killed him off in Rebels. It was pretty definitive. Like we saw the body, we saw his his the life go out of his eyes as Obi Wan held him. So we've see we see we've seen you know pretty much his death and. Everyone on Lucas at Lucasfilm and Lucas Arts has pretty much said the same thing that Maul is dead, dead, dead. So I mean, anything could happen. Um, but you know, I would like to see them maybe you know use a new villain. Um, if they go into the future with it, you know, a new. And I think it'd be interesting to use a non-force using villain. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. I, I kind of touched on that just a second ago. Um, it would be interesting to see how a non-Force-using villain handles himself around, uh, you know, a new new race of Jedi, a new mm-hmm. group of Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, it would really be, um, you know, maybe a an old Imperial Admiral or Imperial Moff or the son of a Moff who's you know, felt that, you know, the the rebels had taken away his chance at greatness, you know, and that he's wanting revenge for what they did to him and his father or his family or something like that. You could do, there's all kinds of ways you could go about, you know, using. Uh, we could still end up with a grand admiral coming out of the outer rim, beyond the outer rim. The you mean, you mean a, a certain one that happens to have blue skin? That's the dude. That's the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've heard of someone like that. I don't know. Supposed to be a very, really good tactician. and You know, and that would give, you know, a chance against force users because he mm-hmm. kind of knew how to play them off against each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that would be um, getting Thrawn his official debut in live action would definitely um, be something <laughs> um, something interest, something fun and kind of interesting, especially considering the other news that we had is that a, a longtime fan favorite character from the Clone Wars, Ahsoka, will be making her live action debut in the next season of uh, the Mandalorian, playing played by Rosario Dawson. Um, she grew up nice. She did. <laughs> Osaka's looking good. What's that? <laughs> I said Osaka's looking good. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, it's interesting, you know, that again, we're getting these characters that were always kind of not necessarily on the fringes, but because they weren't necessarily in the movies or anything like that, they're finally starting to see the light of day. And um, I know that Rosario Dawson has been campaigning to get a live action Ahsoka, you know, to play this character for a couple of years, two or three years now. I remember hearing this about three, I think about three years ago, first started hearing rumblings that she was interested in playing this role. So, um, and it kind of fits the scenes in the fan art of what she might look like. So, 
it's definitely a, I think, a good fit. I know there were some fans that were wanting um, Ashley uh, Eckstein, who did the voice, to actually do the character. And that's always kind of hit or miss, because you never know how a voice actor is going to do in a physical role. Mm -hmm. Um, especially a character like that that requires a lot of physicality uh, because she's probably going to be doing fighting and a lot of physical activity. So, um, and you never know how the character is going to look, you know, I mean, right. Would we want necessarily a, like, I'll give you an example and a friend of mine will disagree, but uh, take Mark Hamill, for example, great voice for the Joker, but would you necessarily want to see him as the Joker? Would he look necessarily like the classic Joker that we see? You know, he's got a completely different body type than what the Joker has. And while I think you could necessarily do a, either one of those people I think would be, would be pretty good in the role. Again, it's the physicality of the role and would Ashley necessarily be able to, do the physic what would be required for physically to do that role. Um. Well, I mean, when you look at it, you can always go with uh, the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, look at the physicality of that role <laughs> and uh, Ruffalo pulled that off. Yeah. But of course, a lot of help comes with, uh, C- you know, yeah. CGI, CGI and, yeah. and, and, and video mapping. And well, and then there's also some people that are wanting um, Rosario to play to actually be physically be the role, but Ashley to still do the voice. And Ooh, yeah, that would be just kind of, and that was pretty much nicked in the butt. And she even said that she wasn't going to be doing that. And I mean, really, does he really ex- honestly expect them to do that? Um, no, I would say no. You know, and they, they, I know that they've done that with the actual character of the Mandalorian. Where they had a where they'd have a stunt actor in the suit with the mask with the helmet, and then have right. um, the actor actually doing the voice work for it. But that was that was kind of different because we're yeah, no 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 syncing up to the lips. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a whole other yeah completely different. In fact, from what I heard is the majority of the time that you actually saw the the Mandalorian on screen, it was a, another actor. Probably a lot of it's, uh, uh, you know, body doubles, stuntmen. Yeah, a lot of body doubles, a lot of stuntmen. But even just like the walking around, a lot of times it was a different actor in the suit. Um, but, I mean, that's just, you know, part of filmmaking and part of, you know... The magic of Hollywood, as they say. Yeah, and it, and it does lighten up the uh, schedule. Yeah, for the uh, for the main actor, mm-hmm. if he's got other projects that are in the works and going on at the same time. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, the other thing is that's kind of been coming out, and let's see here is um. This idea of these TV series like The Mandalorian, the upcoming Cassian Andor series, the Obi-Wan uh, series that's going to be coming out, out you know, hopefully, 
um, in, a, in a couple of years or so is these kind of characters that might have been left on the cutting room floor that will finally be able to see the light of day. Because um, the movie, movies like these and shows like these, there's all kinds of deleted scenes with characters or character ideas that, you know, maybe maybe they were shot and they got cut, or maybe they were written down and for whatever reason they just decided, eh, we don't want that character. Well, this mm. is a perfect opportunity to finally get those characters out and to see those characters or, you know, even characters that were in Legends. You know, yeah, or you know, I'm thinking of the uh, the ability then to um, bring these characters in that made the cutting room floor, but maybe still had an appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the same actors, of course, actors or actresses. Yeah, and then you could use the cutting room floor bits that are good for their flashback scenes. Yeah, yeah, that would be, um, and that gives you good tie-in back to the to the universe and the series. Yeah. I mean, you know, we see, especially with a series like The Mandalorian, um, there's all kinds of ways we could see different, you know, characters, especially from the uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back with the bounty hunter scene. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds. We've already seen the IG model. Um, you know, we could see Bosk. We could see Dengar. Uh, all kinds of different, you know, bounty hunters that we could see pop up. Um, like I said, they're also not just characters from the movies or characters from the, you know, that were left on the, you know, the cutting room floor, so to speak, but there are characters in the books, you know, like I said, the old legends books that this would be a great opportunity to kind of pick and choose, you know, who do we want to see? Right. You know, um, Go back now and watch all the movies. Yeah. You've got time at the moment. And, you know, start thinking, oh, what character would I love to see more of? Mm. Yeah. You know, who did I kind of like, but they really didn't do much with? Or, you know, find out, were they a cutting room floor? Um, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, one is, now I don't know how familiar you are with the old um, Timothy Zahn novels. Uh, the, the original. Pretty good there. Uh, the character of Talon Card. Oh, I yeah. I think he would fit um, perfectly in with Mandalorian. Yeah, his return kind of a thing. And- well, well, you know, you can kind of see like... Um, you could kind of pick up exactly because it takes place five years after. You can take it, pick it up with him taking over the old hut crime syndicate, mm-hmm. which is basically what he did in the books. Was he kind of took over that whole Jabba's Jabba's old p- position, right? And you can kind of have have him have him in that position right there and i think that would be i mean all right there just i mean even just think about that that would be a perfect character to bring in and that could also help bring in mara jade mm. as a potential yes. character um <laughs> i I'm, and i'm just spitballing uh, right here the apprentice who ran off in um the rise of darth vader hmm uh, she was the one he's the he fought 
her master fought a battle against Vader on Kashyyyk. Mm. Have you read that one? No, I've not. Yeah, he 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 survived because the four troops that were ordered to take him out said no. Mm. The four clones, because he had been their general from the beginning of the battle, the beginning of the Clone War, and so they were cut down by Vader. But he escapes and comes, shows up later to fight, and he's got this apprentice with him, and he he fights so that she can escape mm. and disappear on a smuggling ship. Mm. Um, so if you haven't read that one, it's it's really a good one. I might um, have. I've read it, quite it, a bit of the old. This is this yeah, is an old I mean, Legends it, book, right? Yeah, actually, no. This one, well, it's a Legends book, but it falls right in to um, the 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 series, the film series. Okay. It's uh, a Dark Lord Rise of, of, of Darth Vader. Okay. So it's right after episode uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Okay. So okay. he's still not comfortable with his uh, uh, mechanical bits and yeah. uh, you know struggling. And this Jedi escapes him a couple of times. Um, tell you know well he's trying to figure out how to do all this stuff and use his body now. Yeah. Uh, and let me see here. I think I could reach it. Yeah. Um, Dark Lord, The Rise of uh, Darth Vader by James Luceno. Okay. And it's not a bad series, bad book. It fits well into the, the legends. Okay. Uh, um, and it's about a Jedi, Ron Shrin. Okay. And, you know, it follows him and Vader through pretty good. Mm. Uh, getting that, that little, how does Vader get to be such a badass, even though he is so physically handicapped? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, I mean, if you folks have not read the Legends books, I am telling you, go back and start reading. Definitely, definitely. In fact, we are going to be doing a series all on the on legends um we're gonna be doing a whole show just devoted to to the legends books and because i said that but i think i said this before the books are what made me get back into being a super fan like i'd always liked star wars but it was reading that first timothy zahn novel reading um reading, reading heir to the empire and that's really what made me fall in love with Star Wars, was reading that book. So I have a huge debt to pay to Timothy Zahn um, yep. for, for, re- for writing that. And uh, as, I, as I always like to say, he is a former graduate of the University of Illinois, which is just about 20, actually about 30 minutes from where I live right now. So always kind of cool that, you know, he's a former not necessarily where I went to school at, but kind of my local, our local college here where I live. So, um, and he's just a really, really good, great guy. I mean, if you ever are at a convention to get a chance to talk with him, oh, do so. I would love uh, to. I he is a lot to. of fun. Uh, I have several of his books autographed uh, from the years of going back and forth, both of us running into each other at conventions. Um, so I'm just like, you know, even if I can't make a convention and I know somebody's going, I'll be like, dude, take this. 
Yeah. Tell Timothy it's for me. <laughs> and, and he'll sign it and they'll bring it back to me. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, his original, one of his original series books is not Star Wars, but Black Collars. Mm-hmm. Uh, great series of books. I've loved pretty much all of his Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and, and he's got, he, he spans such a range of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, in his Legends books from an old Republic book before mm-hmm. the fall. Yeah. Uh, with Outbound Flight. All the way up now to these new ones he's putting out on Thrawn. Yes, yes, definitely. Which, which that, have been spectacular. Those are, I definitely need to get back into the reading the books again. It's, I've, uh, that's the one thing that I've definitely been kind of lax on is reading, um, reading the books like I should. Yeah, I've even fallen behind. I have not even read, uh, what is it, Leia, Princess of Organa, or oh, of, Princess of Alderaan? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't even gotten a chance to read that one yet. Um, which is kind of amazing that a book came out and I haven't read it. Yeah. It, in Star Wars, but I haven't been into a bookstore in a while. Mm. Uh, one uh, of the things that I wanted to kind of talk on, and this just kind of popped into my mind, especially with the quarantine going on and people stuck at home of. Um, some Star Wars related things that you that you might want to think about looking into or doing, and of course, there's the movies. Um, this is a good example to kind of go through and watch those movies again, but and also the series. But there's also a few other things that I think might be interesting that might be uh, piques people's interest and kind of get outside the box. And one of those are audio dramas. And there's one I've been listening to recently. Uh, I just finished it up with their last episode. It's called. Crusade of the rebellion. It's a, they just finished their sixth episode. Each episode is like about 40 minutes to an hour long give or take, and it's immediately after the Battle of Yavin. And it follows a group of rebel special forces that are sent into a mission that, unbeknownst to them, the place that they're going to is a... There is a uh, a moth who is attempting to overthrow Palpatine and set himself up as the emperor. He's following a What's that? That sounds pretty interesting. I haven't I haven't seen that one. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's an audio drama and um the whole idea is that this guy is the part of something called the True Empire and that they want to get rid of uh the basically get rid of the force users and do a pure empire that's held runs, you know, just by humans and nobody with any necessarily special supernatural abilities that it should be just every, it should be human people, normal, you know, no weird weirdness or stuff like that. So, okay. But it's really, uh, it's really, it's really interesting. Uh, very well acted. And yeah, make sure you put the link down below uh, when we get this one posted. I out. will. I will. Um, and, uh, and if you can find, I, I haven't seen it in a long, long time or listened to it, 
but back in 77, late 77, the, after the release of the film, and it was so big, they actually did a radio drama. Yes, I remember. Um, I listened to that years ago. They had a copy of it at the library at the time. And I remember so if you could find that and listen to it, I mean, because you're you're talking, it's Mark Hamill, it's it's Carrie Fisher, yeah. um, you know, doing this radio drama, and it it was fun, and you could sit at home. And back then, of course, we didn't have VHS yeah. or anything, so you either saw it in the theater, or you know, you could do something like listen to this radio drama and try not to watch the Christmas special again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could use. Or or Mark Hamill doing the video advertisement thing for Germany. Oh, yeah. There's some the things you do for money. Oh, that had to be good money because I just can't understand doing <laughs> that one. <laughs> well, it was the it was the seventies, and you know. Yeah. Well, it was definitely um, <laughs> disco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt there. It was a disco. Yeah. Okay. Words escape me. I don't know either. I don't know either. I don't know uh, how that got past Rebel High Command. You know, it's not necessarily very. It doesn't blend in well with uh, no. the surroundings. <laughs> not well at all. Um. <laughs> But not only the, there's not only like the, those uh, audio dramas and stuff like that, but there are a ton of fan films out there that are very well made. There's some that are, aren't well made, but there's a lot that are very, very well made. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and this uh, is I a mean, good a good chance to kind of see those and kind of see the fan community and how the fan community has kind of moved the Star Wars um, saga along. And their input in that, because I mean, yeah. it is very much a fan-driven community in a lot of ways. Right. And you'll be surprised at how good some of them are. Oh, some of them uh, are just amazingly well done. Um, I can think of a few on t- the top of my head. Um, the Dar- there's Darth Maul Apprentice. I think that was the name of it. That's very well done. Probably one of the best. Uh, action scenes of any of the um, Star Wars fan films. Um, And there's a couple others I cannot remember the name of um, that are really good. There's one that follows a a boy through growing up uh, as a boy uh, just at the beginning of the Clone Wars, and then he's there for Order 66 when that hits. And been through the the empire you know the rise of the empire and everything like that but it's it was really really well done too um where he finds a broken lightsaber and he's trying to form his own rebellion and he realizes that even though they don't have jedi there the idea of the jedi is still strong so he rebuilds this rebuilds it and uses some other kind of technology around to make himself look like he's a Jedi so that the people will think like, Oh, there's a Jedi here. Now we can rise up and fight the empire here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, there's all kinds of different ones. It's just a matter of going on YouTube and searching star Wars fan films. 
And yeah, and um, you know, they they could be as long or as short as you want. There are some that are, you know, two minutes that yeah. are awesome. Oh yeah. And if you want to go back and watch a really good old one, probably one of the first ones, watch Troopers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen that one? Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, that one is good, and it's a classic. And it's some of it is kind of dated because um, it was made like early '90s, I think, maybe even before that. But it's hilarious, and it's just very well made. Um, and there, it runs the gamut from being very serious to just very funny and campy and cross genre, cross genre. Uh, um, Chad Vader, um, the Chad Death Vader. Troopers, yeah, yeah. Death Chad Trooper. Vader. Chad then there's, Vader. there's the uh, Death Troopers. Yes, um, I mean there there's so many, and besides that, there's so many of these books we've been talking about that are available on audio. Yes, oh, read yeah, by that's, that's the actors or read by the authors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how I listen to a lot of my, you know, um, would, you know, read a lot of my books in the past was uh, through audiobooks. And I know that's how my wife does a lot of hers because her job has her in the car for quite a bit of time. So she reads quite a bit that way. But yeah, I mean, it's just so much Star Wars out there that, you know, this is a good opportunity to kind of expand your horizons, as so to speak. Yeah. Find out just how much there is out there. Oh, there's a whole galaxy. And you've probably touched very little of it, folks. Probably, I would say so. Um, and of course, like again, like we said, of course, you know, watch the movies. If you, if you haven't seen any of the series, um, whether it be Clone Wars or Rebels... Or even um, resistance, you know. This is a good opportunity to go back and catch up on those, and you know, just kind of fill in, fill in the blanks, and you know, just kind of start geek out on Star Wars because I mean, what can be better than that? And it's a really good time too. Help yes. keep you from going totally nuts. Yes, yes. For those of you who don't have to work, unlike myself, uh, or some of us that can work from from home, yeah. home because we don't have a choice. I can't really bring in a cast and yeah, yeah. Expect everybody to sit and you know for 12, 14 hours doing a shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Might not be the most popular producer if I do something like that. Nah, no. Um, well, like I said, this is probably, this is probably going to be a shorter show, um, cause I think we've hit most of the big news, um, that was coming out. Um, uh, there was the Michael Bayan, is that the name you said? M- Michael Bean, Michael uh, the Bean. original, yeah, he was the, uh, warrior sent back to protect, uh, in the original Terminator. Mm. Um, uh, he was Corporal Hicks in Aliens. Oh. Well, he is going to be in the new, and again, um, in the Cassian Andor series, uh, playing a bounty hunter. And no word on exactly what uh, 
what the character's name is going to be, if it's going to be anybody that we know, or if it's going to be a new character. Um, I doubt it would be um, everyone's favorite faux Mandalorian, uh, Boba, because he doesn't necessarily have the voice for Boba. Um, now that we know that Boba is a unaltered clone of Django, then I, I think most people are expecting him to have that kind of Kiwi accent that Boba had or that uh, Django had. Mm-hmm. So um, most likely it's going to be a completely new character, but still, you know, they're getting, you know, these good, good, good sci-fi actor. Yeah. Good sci-fi actors, you know, people that are known within the genre and then people that are known with that from without the genre too. And I think that's kind of will help grow the fan base and grow, um, you know, the, people getting into Star Wars, which is always a good thing to get new fans in. And Yeah, I mean, come on, he was John Connor's dad. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a good guy. He is. Uh, and, and he agreed with Ripley, you know, nuking the site from orbit. It was the only way to be sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now anybody who didn't know who it was would have seen those two films goes, oh, him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have quite a bit of sci-fi knowledge beyond just Star Wars. Yes, yes. Well, um, with that being said, I think this is a good a time as any to wrap things up. As always, we'll start with you, Joe. Joe, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, you can find me over on Facebook under uh, Joe Cahill, director, producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment, uh, my production company. You can also check out some of our films on there, Last Battleship, and a, and a bunch of shorts that we have that are actually uploaded on their own pages. So you can find those via the Steamhouse Entertainment or my director page. Uh, same thing, Steamhouse Entertainment over on Instagram, and Coffee Steampunk over on Twitter. Oh. Uh, right here, as always, yeah. on this show, please follow us. Please hit that like, comment, and share button. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you're listening to us, uh, everything helps, and we will talk to you guys next week. That is right, and as always, uh, kind of compounding on that, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so a myriad of ways. Uh, the easiest way you can get a hold of us is on Facebook through our Facebook group, um, War, War of the Stars. Just search War of the Stars. That will take you to our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Um, Join either one or join actually join both. Uh, Twitter, it is at War of the Stars one. And if you want to email us a question, which we really, really would uh, appreciate some questions, we'd love to do uh, some mailbag questions here from you guys. Uh, you can email us at War of the Stars one at gmail.com. And as always, you can also support the channel a couple different ways. Uh, first of all, on Patreon, we do have a Patreon page. It is patreon.com backslash War of the Stars. Or you can just hit that donate button right here on the anchor.fm page and support us that way. And 
other than that, um, that will about do it for us. As always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs>